but it's not my default setting. My default setting is I want to win. I want to, I don't want to lose. And, um, and if I am losing, I don't want people to see, especially not the instructors, not the coaches, right? I want to lose off in the corner where they're not watching. Um, and, you know, and it's hard for me, like I've had to learn after I get tapped out, especially by somebody who's a lower belt, I've had to learn to just be like, hey, great job, great job, and not make excuses. Oh, my, my joints are hurting today, or my asthma's acting up, even if they are. The excuses don't help. But they podcast, where we celebrate the stories of those who have overcome great adversity and examine the tools and techniques by which we create lives that feel like thriving. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry Sunshine Novak, and today I'm super excited to be talking with you about growth and fixed mindset. I've been wanting for uh, quite some time to record an episode for this podcast about the growth and fixed mindset because growth mindset is a really uh, important tool in creating a life of growth and thriving. And uh, it's one of the things that really separates those who, who achieve beyond their greatest imagination versus those who don't. And I've been thinking about how to present it because I, I really don't wanna just do a class, right? I don't wanna come up here and say, well, here's what a growth mindset, here's a fixed mindset. And I've been looking for an interesting way to teach it. And um, I just came back from jujitsu. As you can see, I'm still in my gear and sweaty and disgusting and realized that my experience in training jujitsu is, is a pretty good allegory for demonstrating growth and fixed mindset. So for those who don't know, let's get a, just a quick introduction to what these two things are, growth mindset, fixed mindset. Um, this is based very much on the work of a psychologist named uh, Dr. Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, um, you, if you want to, you can go onto Google Scholar and read her peer-reviewed research articles. Or if you want something that's a little more digestible, she has a book called Mindset, which you can get at you know Amazon or Barnes and Noble or your local bookstore. And that sort of synthesizes all of her research into a more digestible kind of format. Um, but basically, here, here's what it boils down to: there's these two mindsets. There's fixed and um, fixed mindset and a um, growth mindset. And let's see if I can figure out how to share my screen. Okay. So when we look at the mindset piece, you can see here on the left, so a fixed mindset is someone who gives up easily, um, believes that uh, potential is predetermined or fixed or set. Um, failure does nothing except expose the limit of your abilities. So if you try something and you fail, it's sort of demonstrating that that's the limit of your abilities. 
um, people with fixed mindsets believe that their intelligence or any other skill or talent is, is in a fixed state, is static. Um, they tend to avoid challenges, stick to what they know they can do well, um, feel like when it comes to um, activities that either they're good at it or they're not. So these are characteristics of a fixed mindset. The growth mindset is somebody who um, believes that you can learn anything, you can improve on any skill. Um, that And they like to try new things. They look at failure as an opportunity to grow. If you try something you don't do well at it, it's a good opportunity to get better and to learn. Um, uh, people with growth mindset tend to learn from feedback. Even when feedback is delivered angrily, if you have a boss who's yelling at you or a parent, why are you so dumb and why do you... Um, they can sort of filter through that and still take what's useful from the feedback. People with fixed mindsets don't care for feedback unless it's praise. Um, growth mindset, you know, I keep trying, I don't give up, I embrace challenges, I'm inspired by others. So, so that's the basics of how those mindsets look. Um, what I would say is, is very often, um, the fixed mindset is attributed to a fundamental belief that ability is fixed and set. And so effort is sort of useless because you're not going to get any better. Uh, growth mindset believes you can get better at anything with effort. Uh, to be clear, that doesn't mean you'll be exceptional at everything. So as a good example, if you wanted to learn to sing, and let's say you don't have like a natural aptitude for it, the idea of a growth mindset isn't that, well, with hard work, you could definitely sing at Carnegie Hall or, or be a professional singer. The idea is that you can be better tomorrow than you are today. And you could be better a month from now than you are tomorrow. And you could be better a year from now than you were a month from now and so on and so forth. And um, I would hypothesize, I haven't seen any research. I don't know if what I'm about to say is absolutely true, but I would guess that those two explanations, the belief that potential is fixed versus the ability to grow um, is a little oversimplified. I'm fairly confident that shame, uh, a sense of shame also plays into the fixed versus growth mindset. And here's why. Um, if it was really about a fundamental belief, <clears throat> then uh, the two mindsets would be very much binary. You'd be one or you'd be the other and you'd have this fundamental core belief. And if I wanted to switch you from one's mindset to the other, all I had have to do is convince you to switch the belief. That's a piece of the puzzle. People who are raised with a fixed mindset and they grow up thinking that ability is static, you can help them learn that growth is a possibility and they can transition to a growth mindset. But I'll take myself as an example and I'll take myself in jujitsu as an example. I fully believe that I can improve with effort. Totally believe that. If I train three, four times a week, every week, or five times a week, every week, I believe I will get better. If I train with people who are better than me, if I tap out a lot, if I get beat up a lot, I believe I will improve. And yet, very often, I get into slumps or ruts where I don't want to go to class. I find reasons not to go. I, I get engaged sort of unconsciously, but maybe a little bit purposefully. I get engaged in, in activities, you know, if classes at noon, at about 11.15, I start in on a project that I know is going to take several hours, but no, oh, I just, I can't go, you know, um, or I'll go and I'll try to avoid rolling with the people who I know are really tough opponents, regardless of rank, 
you know, some, some newer people, you can get some white belts in jujitsu who are division one wrestlers in college and they're awesome. And especially those I would much, and when I'm in a, a fixed mindset like that, I would much rather lose to a black belt because that's understandable than lose to a white belt because I outrank them. Um, and so I get into these ruts and yet I know, and I fully believe that I'll get better with effort. And there are other times when I am much more embracing a, a growth mindset and I don't have those habits. I'm eager to go to class. I get upset if I have to miss it. I get there and I give it my all. And when it's time to choose a partner, I choose the toughest folks on the mat. And when I'm rolling with somebody who maybe is, is below my skill level, I start in terrible positions. I give them all sorts of advantages so that I have to work from a deficit to try to build my ability. And so, um, and so what this demonstrates, and, and the reason I wanted to use this is because there are days, and, and especially recently, so I, I'm, you'll have to forgive me, but I'm doing this podcast a little bit for myself as much as I am for the benefit of people watching. But I've been in a rut lately, and I feel like I've been not rolling very well, not, not performing very well when I train. Um, I feel like at my best, I'm an average jujitsu jiu practitioner, and I've been recently performing worse than that. Um, my joints have been achy and stiff. I feel like my body's slow. I feel like my breathing hasn't been good. I do have asthma, but it feels like it's been worse lately. And so I feel that fixed mindset starting to come on. It's not because my belief is different. I don't believe my ability is fixed. I think it has to do with shame. For me, uh, I, I don't know if this generalizes out, but for me, when I'm feeling this way, there's shame in performing poorly. And there's shame in my instructors, my coaches, my professors being disappointed in my performance or feeling like I'm not, um, you know, not honoring them well with, with my work ethic or my performance. There's shame in feeling like I'm losing to people who I should technically have more ability than. <clears throat> and of course, it's all in my mind. No one has ever shamed me at a jujitsu practice. No one has ever said, come on, man, like this is the best you've got. No, nobody's ever made fun of me. But in, I get in my head and it's my ego that, you know, on the days when I don't want to go train, when it's like I should really go, but I kind of don't want to. What's at play is my ego, my ego saying things to me in my head, like, you know, you don't want to go get beat up for two hours, you know, um, and, and this is not a phenomenon that is unique to me because, you know, Henzo Gracie, who's, who's a jujitsu master is been quoted as saying, your ego is your enemy. Your opponent is your teacher. So when I'm rolling with an opponent, whether I'm technically superior to them or technically inferior, I'm learning from them. They're teaching me. They're my friend. They're my teacher, even when they're smashing me, right? It's my ego that's the enemy. And I should embrace, should, if I choose to embrace this, the smashing, the, <laughs> the getting crushed, the inability to breathe, the suffocating, if I can embrace all that, I'll learn. 
right? So it's, it's a process of overcoming my ego. So because of that, I suspect that the difference between a growth set mindset and a fixed mindset is more than just a core belief. You know, this belief that, well, it doesn't, you know, working hard doesn't pay off anyway, because um, I'm not going to get any better. I don't believe that. And yet I find myself gravitating toward a fixed mindset sometimes. The next lesson that I sort of learned about mindset from my jujitsu journey is in, in an academic sense, if you read Carol Dweck's book, which is phenomenal, by the way, I recommend it. I think you should read it. Um, if you read her research articles, which, you know, academic journals are less entertaining to read, but they're valuable. They have good information. Um, it, it's very easy to conceptualize fixed mindset and growth mindset as a dichotomy or as a binary where you're either one or you're the other. And while I do think, you know, people raised in a certain environment could learn and be groomed to have a fixed mindset, right? If, if growing up their parents discourage them from trying new things and just stick with what you're good at and do the things that you know will bring you success and you know, you don't want to look foolish, you don't want to try something new and look silly, then you could sort of condition them or groom them into a fixed mindset. Whereas if you grow up in an environment where people are embracing challenge around you and people are telling you it's wonderful to fail, if you're not failing, you're not accomplishing anything, right? You should be failing regularly so that you're growing. You can groom somebody toward a growth mindset. However, I think for most of us, there's a continuum. And that's my um, that's my relationship with jujitsu. What's interesting to me about that is if I dig in deeper, and by the way, please comment <laughs> on this um, podcast, comment or send me a message if you don't want to comment publicly and let me know if I'm just alone in this experience or if this is what some of you experience too, because there are areas of my life where I very easily embrace the growth mindset. I have no problem failing. I have no problem looking like a beginner. I have no problem learning, right? There are areas of my life where that's fine. I have no problem with that at all. Um, I got into rock climbing for a little while when I was in my master's program. That was sort of my stress relief. I didn't mind sucking at it. I was fine. I wasn't, didn't, bother me. I didn't feel like I had to like not let people see or, you know, only climb routes that I knew I could handle. I, and I was perfectly fine taking challenging routes and falling off the wall and no worries, no problem at all. Um, there are other areas like that where I'm okay being a beginner and not being good at it. And that's fine. Um, I'm an awful singer. I love to sing. <clears throat> I'm terrible at it and I don't care. It's fine. And I'm perfectly willing to take coaching and I'm perfectly willing to learn. When I was in college, um, I was a music major and uh, I had to take voice lessons. And I was perfectly okay showing up to voice lessons and just sucking and just embracing it that I sucked and learning. That was fine. There are other areas and jujitsu is one of them where I can get myself into the right mindset. I can coach myself into like, okay, I'm going to go train today and I'm going to train with the toughest guys in the room and I'm going to get my ass kicked over and over and over and I'm going to be good with that. And I can get there, but it's not my default setting. My default setting is I want to win. I want to, I don't want to lose. And, um, 
And if I am losing, I don't want people to see, especially not the instructors, not the coaches, right? I want to lose off in the corner where they're not watching. Um, and, you know, and it's hard for me, like I've had to learn after I get tapped out, especially by somebody who's a lower belt, I've had to learn to just be like, hey, great job, great job, and not make excuses. Oh, my, my joints are hurting today or my asthma is acting up, even if they are. The excuses don't help, but the motivation, there's a motivation to explain away the loss. Like, oh, I would have won, won otherwise, which is just not true. It's just not true. And so um, what's interesting for me this week is I've started to try to be mindful of this dynamic because I'm going through this rough phase in jujitsu. There are times where I go through phases where I feel like I'm really excelling and this is not one of them. And so um, I think I've started to realize that because jujitsu is a fighting art, um, even though, you know, in training, nobody's hurting you, nobody's out to, to get you or anything. I think the shame I have around not performing well might be related to childhood experiences with violence. Um, and growing up in, in a household where there was a lot of violence and being beaten up a lot as a kid, um, inside the house and out. Um, and I think I had a lot of shame around, I think that that experience of violence as a kid um, affected my self-worth as I grew up, made me feel like that's what I deserved, right? Was beatings, that's what I um, was entitled to. And that's what, it, that's what was appropriate for me somehow. That's what I deserved. And it made me feel bad about myself and it made me want to try to be something other than what I am so that people would like me, so that I could feel lovable and worthy of belonging. And I haven't quite figured out exactly. I mean, I think there's a connection there. This whole jujitsu thing, I, I think, is connected to that. And I think when I'm doing poorly at it, that sense of, you know, maybe feeling unlovable or unwanted or unworthy of belonging, of being part of the group, um, is linked to the feeling of being beaten up if you will, or being dominated physically or beaten physically. Um, and so that, there's a thing for me to work on. And, and again, that whole dynamic, right? Not just the jujitsu training, but this dynamic of attaching this extra meaning to it with my self-worth is, is an opportunity for a growth mindset for me. If I can keep myself in a growth mindset and just approach it with curiosity, maybe I can sort it out and figure it out and help to separate those things a little bit so that training is not linked to shame for me because I really do want to be the kind of person who approaches opportunities to learn with a, with a beginner's mindset, no matter what rank I am, whether I'm a blue belt or a purple belt or a black belt, doesn't matter. I want to come in as a beginner and learn. And if there's a white belt who can tap me out, then it doesn't matter, right? Because, um, you know, who knows what their background is? Maybe they're, you know, a third or fourth degree black belt in judo or a division one wrestler. But, but re regardless of what their pedigree is, if they're tapping me out, they know something that I don't. Something about timing, something about leverage, something about technique. And if I can stay curious and open and free from shame, then I can learn from them. And that's how we grow. 
And that's how we grow in all areas. You don't have to do jujitsu for this to be true, right? This can be true of anything. It doesn't have to be physical. I mean, it could be, it could be true of gymnastics or marathon runners, or I've, I've heard similar stories that I'm telling you from other people. And so I'm fairly confident that this phenomenon is pretty generalizable. Um, but I imagine it could come into, you know, chess, you know, people who want to play chess, people who want to go back to school at a late age. I'm a good example of that too. You know, um, I mean, I, I got my bachelor's degree right after high school, but then I took 10 years off before my master's and then my doctorate. And I finished my doctorate in 2012. So that was 10 years ago. I'm just going back to school now for an associates in culinary arts. I'm learning to cook just because I want to, just because I'm interested. And so that same character trait that allows me to go back to school as a gray old man <laughs> working on an associate's degree when I already have these other degrees and um, but I, but I don't care. I don't have shame about it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay being a beginner in the culinary program. That quality that enables me to do it just because there's a curiosity and I'm interested and I want to learn is what I'd like to bring to all areas of my life, including jujitsu. And jujitsu is not the only area where I experience this shame. And then the shame sort of shuts me down into a, a fixed mindset. Um, and so I want to learn to approach that. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that part of the answer lies in a practice of self-compassion. Um, but it's self-compassion is like, it's like um, medical care. You have to know what's ailing you in order to treat the, the issue and to be healthy again, right? So if you go into the doctor with, you know, strep throat and they start bandaging up your finger, it's, it's the wrong medical care. And I think self-compassion is like that too. Like, I don't, I don't know that like, you know, whatever form of self-compassion in any form is gonna be okay. I think what I need to learn to do is I need to identify the parts of myself that still suffer this old injury, right? That's why I have this reaction is because there are parts of myself, this old injury is not really healed, right? Because if it was, it would be a memory but it wouldn't impact me in the here and now. It wouldn't affect my behavior or my emotions or my feelings or thoughts as it pertains to say going to train jujitsu, but it does. So that means that, that whatever old wounds are, are still not healed and they're on me to fix them. They're on me to take care of them. And so, you know, I like to take the approach um, as a therapist, it's really easy to, it's not easy, but it's much easier to do this with other people than it is with yourself. It's much harder to do it in the mirror. But what I would do with other people is encourage them to imagine themselves as a child and imagine that child sort of being dropped off on your doorstep and, and being informed that like, hey, you have to take care of this child for a while. You know, you're their foster parent for a while or whatever. And so you're taking care of your younger self. Um, and then I asked them, like, would you care for this child? Like, would you ever say to this child some of the things that you say to yourself in your head, right? If you have issues around weight, for example, would you ever force this child to restrict their eating the way you restrict yours, right? Would you 
encourage this child to exercise as a form of punishment instead of a form of reward, right? Would you talk to them the way you talk to yourself? And if the answer is no, I would never talk to a child like that. I would never do those things to a child. Then those are the opportunities for greater self-compassion and, and how you treat yourself. And, you know, one of the constructs in self-compassion, and I, I do have a, a podcast episode on self-compassion, so you can go back and watch or listen to that one if you'd like to. But it breaks down into a few different constructs. You know, there's a few subsections of self-compassion, and one of them is common humanity. The idea behind common humanity is not that you use self-compassion to treat yourself better than anybody else. Right? It's not that you're so wonderful and exceptional and so terrific that you deserve all this great treatment that's so far up and beyond what anybody else deserves. The idea of common humanity is that you should treat yourself with the same kindness and compassion that you would treat any other human being, not less. And we sort of don't like that idea for some reason. I think culturally it's been ingrained to us that we should be kind and compassionate to other people and brutal to ourselves for some reason. But the research doesn't support that. You know, the research just doesn't. The research suggests that if I want to work really hard at jujitsu and get good at it, which I do, right? It's not even about the belt. I just don't want to feel like I suck when I'm on the mat. I want to be good at it. Um, the idea is that people who are tough on themselves and self-critical and walk away like, God, you suck so bad. Why can't you do tend to not train as hard or not practice as hard or not prepare as well as people who walk away with some self-compassion. That doesn't mean you lie to yourself. You can walk away and be honest and be like, wow, that was not my best day on the mats. I really performed poorly, but it's okay because everyone has bad days. Let me just examine what wasn't falling into place and see if there are things I can do to fill the gaps. People who take that approach with themselves, according to the research, prepare better, study harder for the next test, you do better, train harder, get ready for the next challenge. This is true of athletes who lose a big match or a big game and have to prepare for the next one. Those who are super critical on themselves typically don't perform as well later as the ones who treat themselves with a little compassion and they go back and just back to the old drawing board and back to work. And I suspect, again, that the difference there has to do with shame. When we're critical and tough and brutal on ourselves, and there's an absence of self-compassion and an absence of self-love, it's like shame. It's like we don't deserve kindness. We don't deserve compassion. We're not worthy of it. And even though we're the ones treating ourselves that way, we're motivated to avoid things that make us feel less worthy. So if I failed a big test and I have a chance to retake it, and I'm telling myself how stupid I am for failing it, and what an idiot, and what a, well, every time I go to study, I'm reminded of how stupid I am and what an idiot I was. And I don't want to be reminded of those things. So I tend to procrastinate or put off studying or study in shorter increments. If I fail a big test and I say to myself, well, Everyone fails a test from time to time. I clearly didn't prepare well enough for that. Either I studied the wrong things or I didn't study hard enough or, um, you know, or my study habits weren't in line, whatever it is, but it's okay because now I know what, how to fix it. I'm much more likely to study harder for the next exam. So I'm sharing this with you. 
hoping that I will also help myself because um, I have fallen over and over again throughout the last bunch of years into ruts with jujitsu. And when I fall into a rut, my attendance slacks. And when my attendance slacks, my performance slacks. And I, I feel that coming on and I don't want it to. I'm trying to head it off at the pass by talking myself through this. And my great hope is that by doing this publicly for you, it will A, help me overcome some of the shame, right? Publicity is like a cure for shame. Shame thrives on privacy. So the more publicly we highlight our weaknesses, the less shame we feel about them. So I'm hoping to achieve that. But I'm also hoping that maybe some of you are struggling with the fixed mindset in areas of your life. And maybe I can be the example of how it works and how to deal with it and how to have some self-reflection about it. And you saw, I don't have it all figured out. There are things where I'm saying, well, I guess maybe it's this or maybe it's connected to that, but I promise you I'll continue to work on it. So thank you so much for watching or listening to this podcast. I'm so incredibly grateful for the time you invest to hear what I have to say. And if you enjoy the podcast, please, by all means, leave a comment. Um, I'll put this on Facebook. You can either leave the comment there on Facebook or you can comment on YouTube or on any of the platforms. I'm also on Spotify, on Google Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts. Um, please be sure to like the podcast. Give me a rating. Please, by all means, give it a rating and share it with your friends. Spread it around. I appreciate you so much. And if you want to find um, information about growth and thriving or about coaching, I do coaching uh, anywhere else. Uh, I have uh, three, I have a Facebook page and, and two face, three Facebook groups. The Facebook page is Growth and Thriving LLC. And the three Facebook groups are um, Growth and Thriving After Trauma, Thriving Fathers, Parenting After Trauma, and Leadership Skills for Survival. Uh, my YouTube channel is Growth and Thriving LLC, and you'll see all the videos uh, for these podcasts. And I've recently started a blog, which is a little bit lighter uh, in terms of content. It's a little funnier, but a lot of the material is still taking my life and mistakes I've made and experiences I've had and figuring out what the lessons were and how to grow from them. And so the, um, the blog is called What the Fuck Am I Doing? The website is whatthefkamidoingaltogether.com, whatthefkamidoing.com. Um, please, if you read the blog and you enjoy it, please comment, like it, share it, and subscribe. Thank you again so much. And for now, this is Dr. Jerry Sunshine Novak saying keep growing until you're thriving. Take care, everybody.